0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into episode 25 of Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Today, we're moving on once again with our list of the top 25 baseball games of the last decade. And today, we're going to be talking about the 19th best game of the last decade. And it comes to us from October 5th, 2016, between the San Francisco Giants and the New York Mets in the 2016 National League wildcard game. This was a tremendous pitching matchup. You had Noah Syndergaard, who had his best season in 2016, 14 and nine, a 2.60 ERA, led all of baseball in FIP, and fewest home runs allowed per nine innings. He was absolutely sensational. And on the bump for the Giants was the legendary Madison Bumgarner, who had a phenomenal year in 2016 as well, 15 and nine, 2.74 ERA led baseball and games started in batters' face while pitching two hundred and twenty-six in two thirds innings. You could make a strong argument that twenty sixteen was Madison Baumgarner's best season. He was sensational that season. And you had both these teams who they had the same record in the regular season, eighty-seven and seventy-five. The Giants were I think the odds on favorites in 2016, at least coming into the season, to win that division had the best record in baseball at the All-Star break, then completely imploded down the stretch, lost the division by quite a few games, and stumbled their way into the postseason. Uh, The Mets had been kind of the inverse of that. They'd struggled a little bit out of the gate following their National League pennant-winning season in 2015. This team had a lot of injuries. No Jacob deGrom, no Matt Harvey. After Noah Syndergaard, your best pitcher was probably... Bartolo Colon, who actually had a pretty solid year in 2016. So for the Mets, they were playing this game at home. They were just trying to keep this thing alive. The Giants, you knew because we'd seen it in 2010 and 2012 and 2014. If they could get on some sort of a role, they could be dangerous, but they were going to have a tall task as good as Madison Bumgarner was. Noah Syndergaard seemed like he was going to be up to the task to face him pitch for pitch. And that's what we got on this night. You know, sometimes these these highly touted pitching matchups, they don't live up to the hype. Uh, this was uh, not the, the case. Noah Syndergaard was absolutely sensational on this evening. And he started this game, you know, he, what was perfect through the first time through the order. You know, nine up, nine down with five strikeouts in his first nine batter's face. And I, I honestly remember thinking, this guy might throw a perfect game. His stuff was absolutely unbelievable. I mean, Noah Syndergaard has kind of had a frustrating career. Obviously, injuries have had a lot to do with that. He's going to miss the entirety of the 2020 season with Tommy John surgery, but it's undeniable he has some of the best stuff in baseball. And on this evening, against, for all intents and purposes, a pretty mediocre uh, San Francisco Giants offense, Syndergaard was just sensational. I mean, right off the bat, he was Fire and darts. I mean, fastball well around 100 miles per hour. Off speed stuff was great. And he seemed completely unfazed by the moment. You know, had a taste of the postseason, a deep postseason run. Actually, in 2015, he was uh, the winning pitcher in the only game that the Mets won in the World Series that year. Pitched pretty well in that postseason. But tonight, this was as good as I had ever seen him. And you were thinking, man, it's going to be whoever strikes first in this game is going to win because neither one of these pitchers is going to break. Bumgarner, while not as flashy, As Syndergaard through the first couple innings was retiring, guys, very quickly. First inning, one, two, three, seven pitches. Second inning, one, two, three, seven pitches. Third inning, one, two, three, seven pitches again. 21 pitches through three innings. I don't know what the New York Mets strategy was on this evening facing Madison Bumgarner. Now, obviously, look, uh, great pitching. Will beat great hitting any day, but your goal when facing Bumgarner, especially because this Giants bullpen stunk. This was a terrible bullpen, and they didn't have any faith in them. They knew if they were going to win this game, Bumgarner was going to have to go seven, eight, nine innings, and right away, the Mets were swinging at everything, and I thought it was a very strange. Offensive strategy through three innings, 21 pitches, absolutely not the result that you're looking for when going up against an absolute stud, a workhorse like Madison Bumgarner. Not a whole lot to talk about in terms of game action because these two guys were just rolling. It was really a joy to watch. You had Syndergaard who was just firing darts, fastball around triple digits, and Bumgarner who, Madison Bumgarner has never had the best stuff in the world, but I don't know if there's a pitcher in this generation, really any generation, who trusts his stuff more than Madison Bumgarner did. I mean, you saw it on display in so many postseason starts, obviously 2014 being his crowning achievement. But the the chemistry he had with Buster Posey as a catcher, it, watching these two go to work, it, it just seemed like they were never out of sync. It always seemed like they were on the same page. Both these pitchers were absolutely rolling. You felt like if it was going to come down to a bullpen game, it was probably going to be the Mets who are going to come out on top here, but Bumgarner was rolling. I mean, Bumgarner had thrown 40-some pitches through five innings. He was just rolling through this lineup. Syndergaard finally got into a little bit of trouble in the top of the sixth. He strikes out Gillespie and Bumgarner to start that inning, then gives up a single to Denard Span. Denard Span then steals second base, and then Brandon Belt on a 2-2 pitch just crushed a ball to center field, and Curtis Granderson did this. 2-2 fly ball center field and deep granderson still going back made the catch he made the catch as he crashes into the wall dan shulman of espn there on the call an unbelievable play by the now retired curtis granderson and an iconic moment in a great career I tweeted this out a couple months ago, and I think most people agreed with me. I don't know if there is an athlete more unanimously loved in his sport than Curtis Granderson was in baseball. A a phenomenal player, a great career, but an A-plus guy. Jack Ebling, who I I interned for and and was kind of a, a mentor of mine my first couple years in the broadcasting industry, has been covering baseball for half a century said that Curtis Granderson is one of the top 10 athletes he ever dealt with. He absolutely adored the guy. A whole lot of people do, and this was just another great moment. I know the Mets loved him there, and this was a play that you felt like if the Mets were to go on to win this, that was a play they were going to go back and circle as as the turning point in this baseball game. Baumgartner continued to roll. You get to the top of the 7th. Syndergaard gets two quick outs, then walks Brandon Crawford, gives up a single to Angel Pagan. Joe Panick grounds out on a ground ball that went off of Cindergard's foot right to the shortstop who threw it to first for the final out, and that would be the end of Cindergard's night, but a, a sparkling performance. Seven innings, two hits, zero runs, three walks, and ten strikeouts. Everything you could possibly want out of Noah Cindergard, the New York Mets got. We had a scoreless game after seven innings. Something had to give and something definitely did give. We're going to talk about it here in just a second. To an early morning breakfast burrito, to a 12-pack of beers while you watch the game, sometimes you just need what you need delivered fast. And that's where Postmates comes in. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I love food, and that's why I love using Postmates. They deliver food from every restaurant I can think of right to my door. But Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery too. Convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store, no more late night food runs. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use the code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON for $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Now, maybe it's because you haven't met the right one. A company called Withings produced the world's first smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale in 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings smart scales are known for durability and an exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of smart scales don't have the Wi-Fi option and it means you need to have your phone on you. But Withings Body Plus gives weight, full body composition, weight trend, even a local weather report. The scale can support up to 8 users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You can get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a limited time. Go to withings.com, W I T H I N G S dot com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. That's W I T H I N G S dot com backslash MLB to get 25% off Body Plus Body Composition Scale. In the top of the eighth inning, Addison Reed came on to replace Noah Syndergaard, gave up a single to Connor Gillespie, Madison Bumgarner would then uh, hit a sack bunt, moving Gillespie to second, Denard Spann would pop out, then Belt would walk. There would be a passed ball to Buster Posey, which would eventually lead to an intentional walk, and then Hunter Pence struck out on a 1-2 pitch. Addison Reed escapes the jam. Bumgarner was through seven innings and had yet to have any real high leverage situations. Finally, I mean, kind of got one in the eighth inning. Struck out Eric Campbell, and then Ty Kelly singled. Jose Reyes would ground out to second, moving Kelly over to second base. Next at bat, finally with a runner in scoring position as Drupal Cabrera hit a line drive right back to Madison Bumgarner who caught it out of the air for the final out of that inning. And it was the most fired up I'd ever seen Madison Bumgarner after he made that catch. I mean, this guy is known for being as ice cold as any pitcher on the planet. This dude just has seemingly no pulse in big game situations, but given the environment, going on the road, given the fact that it was a 0-0 game, he had to essentially be perfect just to keep his team in the ballgame tonight. You could tell that he was fired up. He felt like he was carrying an entire team on his back this evening. So you get to the top of the ninth inning and the Mets decide to go with their closer. Jerry's Familia. Familia had a phenomenal season in 2016 and had been phenomenal all throughout the 2015 postseason as well. You know, in the 2015 postseason was dominant in the first two rounds. Didn't blow a save. Didn't even get up. Or give up a run. And then you get to the World Series. He blows three saves in that series, uh, leading to three losses. Some of those weren't necessarily his fault, but it bounced back in 2016 with an awesome season, led all of baseball in saves with 51. As much as he struggled in the World Series the year before, and as much as he had a tendency to make things a bit interesting in the ninth inning sometimes, I think for Mets fans, there was nobody else that they wanted on the mound in this moment. Brandon Crawford would lead off with a double. Angel Pagan. Would strike out swinging. Joe Panic would draw a walk, and then Connor Gillespie would come up to the dish. Connor Gillespie has, he's a baseball player, not a particularly great one, not a particularly memorable one. A lifetime OPS of 695, has never had an OPS in a season higher than 754 and that was in 2011 when he only played in 15 games besides that with Chicago he had a 752 OPS not a huge power hitter you know more of a a, a defensive replacement kind of guy a a remarkably average baseball player and yet on this night he did something special and on a 1-1 count this uh, happened 1-1 and a fly ball well hit right field Back turns and it's gone. Connor Gillespie with a three run homer in the top of the ninth to give the Giants the lead. Another heartbreaking moment for Mets fans, another uh, jubilant moment in the postseason for. San Francisco Giants fans, Gillespie would put the Giants on top three nothing and it would stay there. Madison Bumgarner would complete his complete game shutout in the top of the ninth inning, doing it on only thirteen pitches in the ninth. He would end up throwing 119 pitches total on the evening, four hits, no runs, two walks, and six strikeouts. Another masterful, masterful performance by Mad Bum in the postseason, only enhancing his already incredible legacy. This was a phenomenally tense game, as good a pitching matchup as there is on this list. Both these guys had their A-plus stuff on this evening, and it's a shame that one of their teams had to come out on the losing end because they both pitched absolutely phenomenal. It was a battle of, of two racehorses. One just lasted longer than the other, and it was the biggest reason why the Giants came out as victorious on this evening. The Giants would go on to lose the National League Divisional Series against the Cubs in a hard-fought four-game series. And neither one of these teams has sniffed the postseason since then. And it's kind of surprising, especially for the Giants, who had so much success in the mid 2000s there, and the Mets, you know, it seemed for a minute like they were potentially building up to something. Special injuries have gotten in the way, sadly, with that pitching rotation, and they battled to just get into that position, and in a way, it was kind of an accomplishment just for them to get to the postseason that year, but it didn't make this loss any more crushing. Sadly, Mets fans have experienced probably far worse than that loss, and I know several who feel that way. This was probably not even in the top five of most heartbreaking New York Mets postseason losses, but it was a a backbreaker, that Gillespie home run, and not only have either one of these teams been the same since, Jerry's Familia hasn't really been the same since. He's never quite reached the peaks that he reached in 2015 and 2016. And I think uh, his struggles in those two postseasons in the World Series and in this game may have had uh, done some damage to his psyche. So that's going to do it for this episode this was number 19 on the top 25 best games of the last decade. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at castellani 2014. You can follow this show on Twitter at LockedOnTigers. If you have any questions for the show, you can email them to me, LockedOnTigers, at gmail.com. And if you feel so lucky, please go to iTunes, go to Apple Podcasts, and leave a positive review. It would be much appreciated during these difficult times. Thank you so much for listening and continuing to support. I hope you guys are enjoying this list, just trying to do the best we can with the, the cards we've been dealt here. I hope you like it. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day, and go Tigers!